Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, February 4th. This is episode 212, and I am Tony. I am Dennis. We're back in person. Tony is healthy again. I, 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 and I have the health. And so we have got, all of the health. You know, we got a few, we got a diverse set of topics today. I, nothing in particular is long. Nothing huge, nothing super special. But our, our, you know, Q1 episodes tend to be shorter. I don't know. I've never actually ran the numbers on that, but I know we definitely have less news typically. So, yeah. you know what? We just let people have more time if we get through this stuff fairly quickly. But before we even attempt that, we like to talk about what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks. So I don't know what you've been doing over the last couple of weeks, Tony. I have been doing, well, it's been cold mm-hmm. and uh, the weather has not been great. So I've been involved in a lot of work-related stuff because we had that cold spell. Uh, I think that was after our last episode, wasn't it? Yes. Where it hit was, like negative 14. Yes. Yeah. I didn't talk about my – I talked about it on the pinball show, but I, I fell. I'm right. still I'm still not healed. All I was going to say, are you still sore? Uh, yeah. I'm I, amazed. I'm amazed that that didn't bruise up. I, I saw the video clip. I'm amazed you, you weren't not like at, black not and the blue. skin level, but I clearly did damage inside deeper. Um, so deep in your soul. Yeah, I mean it's nothing like a super sharp pain. So I'm. I don't think I cracked any ribs or anything. But I mean, what what am I going to do otherwise? Anyway, uh, but well, it's uh, a rib. They they pretty yeah. much said no, nothing you can do. Yeah. So, but some of the the muscles in between them, uh, some of those, it's not too bad now. I it was really exciting Wednesday. Yeah, this last Wednesday was the first day where I could tighten my belt and it didn't cause pain. Well, that's good. From when I, because I was in hail when I do it, no matter what, even if yeah. I, uh, it'd be like, maybe I should just not do, but however I'm adjusting my arm when I'm pulling the belt in, it would always cause pain in the upper, upper ribs, not where the belt was, but up high. Right. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is annoying. Uh, but finally got to the point where it's like, you know what? That's not, it's still sore, but it wasn't like, it wasn't annoyingly so. Uh, so yeah, there's a, it's not too bad. But anyway, yeah. So super cold. You were busy working. I was busy yeah. falling. Yeah, you were falling that well. <laughs> this last week though wasn't too bad. No, this last week was really nice. But yeah. Yeah. You were busy falling. I kind of fell. Um uh there was a Monday where it hit mm. where it was super cold and it was just like I just a thin layer of ice everywhere. It was like that was super, my fall day. Like the day you fell. Yeah, you fell. Um, I kind of fell that day. If by fall you mean uh, the four by four spreader truck that I was driving uh, with a plow would not stop until I hit a building. Um, that counts kind of like a fall. Yes, because you sent the photo to me and showed the picture, and you said, I'm not having a great day. <laughs> and so were you plowing? I mean, what was – why was were you in salt. it? Oh, okay. Because it's, cause the, that, that truck has a salt spreader, and I was spreading salt so that when the employees came in, they wouldn't fall down and hurt themselves mm. or slam their personal vehicles into the buildings. So instead, I slammed my vehicle mm. into the building. <laughs> yes, it was. It, it was, was a. It was a notable dent. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I definitely. And here's the thing: I have been plowing snow for twenty six years now. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've ever had an accident while plowing. Well, that's that's technically true. However. I'm not sure if the listeners know about this. They probably don't, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. There was the time there was that kid shoveling snow. That wasn't an accident. Nothing happened. <laughs> and he was, he was done. <laughs> he had done so much. Dear listener, this is, Tony is so nice on this show. You all are like, you know what, Dennis, we used to think you were the nice one. And then you started talking a lot. And so Tony's actually the nice one. No, no. And Tony tells you, no, I'm not. And you don't understand. There's this innocent child who is shoveling his driveway out. Shoveling. We're talking a teenager, innocent, not a child. Innocent child. There is no such thing innocent, as an innocent teenager. Just like he had never heard a bad word, had never had you know had spent his whole life in hard child labor, and he <laughs> he shoveled out this whole driveway. And Tony, master plow operator at that time, never having been in a plow accident, Tony goes along. I'll let you finish it. Okay. One thing to know is that it was 
one of those snowstorms where we got a lot of snow and then the next day it was just above freezing. So we were still cleaning snow, but it was much more slushy. So it kind of rolled off the edge of the plow like a slushy. It was very, very mix of water and snow and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was plowing the road down mm -hmm. to be clear, just like I was supposed to. Okay. Yep. Doing your doing, job. Doing, doing a great job. It's just this kid had been shoveling his driveway, I'm sure, to help his mom out or being just, you know, a really good kid. Yep. <laughs> He was, he was maybe the best there, kid. and as I drove past, the wave of slush off of the truck just washed up into their driveway and completely obliterated everything he'd already <laughs> you cleaned. You undid his entire work. It was just his all whole, done. The whole driveway. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound I imagine it happened. And this clink is the sound of his heart breaking. I probably have an arch enemy. I mean, in all honesty, <laughs> it's probably probably making an innator to come after mm. me. It's just one of those. That so yeah. anyway, guys, this just be careful out there. I felt bad. Did you? I did feel bad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he had a great time. Just, just be, I mean, it was a lot easier to move. It's just slush. It's, it's much easier to move than pack snow. All I wanted to do was do it again, but easier. It's everyone's dream. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? It's just, it's good. It's, it's good. It's a good workout. Yeah. I did feel bad, but yeah, that's true. That's why was, you went back and said sorry. No, I didn't um, do that. You didn't feel that bad. That's not how that works. You just keep going. I, I, Did you see I had him in your mirror when you were going by? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to look. No. I don't want to look. I had places to be, roads to plow. Little Timmy learned about the use of one of his fingers that day, <laughs> the dreaded plow driver, and that innocence was forever shattered. If That's it wasn't for the I fact that he was a teenager, there's no innocence there. Nah, but I don't know. Maybe he was just tall. Maybe he was a tall eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I don't he think so. He was a tall so. eight-year-old. You ruined this poor child his whole life to this day. As you he tell dreads story, every January as to February. tell this story to make me seem worse. Now, now people what? are no, picturing I think the, told the, it. The, the, the kid from... from uh, 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 a Christmas story in his big suit out there. He was shoveling <laughs> for his mom, and then he gets the. <laughs> I'm just I'm making it so that the listeners enjoy it because it didn't have to do with video games or pinball. So I'm just trying. I'm just trying to keep it lively. I felt bad. I wasn't even. The thing is, is I, it's not like I was driving too fast. I was doing everything exactly like you're supposed to. It was just so slushy that it was just rolling off, and the way their driveway was angled, that once it hit, it just kept going. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a mix of extenuating circumstances. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the child understood all of that in the moment uh, that, it, that it happened. I'm sure. I'm um, sure there was no heartbreak, no sadness. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> none whatsoever. Um, so the in terms of I guess me. Well, first let me thank Jeff C. He has joined our Patreon Welcome. at the intermediate level. Yes. We welcome you. Thank you very much. Reminder, folks, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers. In terms of what I've been doing, I won't I won't uh, bore people with work stories because I didn't have anything as interesting as, as a plow. The uh, video game wise, I did finish Robocop. Congratulations. And right after I finished it, or maybe it was right before I finished it, they pushed out an update for a new game plus mode. But I have other stuff to work on. So I have started Gotham. Gotham. Which swears it. In fact, Is your emo hair. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. I don't want to talk too much about Golem because I haven't finished it yet. However, there is a setting because I went in because one of the first things I do is I invert Y axis because mm -hmm. you understand. Yeah. And so when I went in, there was an option to like turn on his dynamic hair. <laughs> so apparently, maybe because of performance issues, I've had some lag moments. <laughs> so I turned it on. He's like, this is an Xbox Series X. His hair is going to be flowing. <laughs> it's just like Fabio in a golem body. It's like, it's, I don't know if it's made things better or not. Honestly, I can't tell. But you may see, because we're recording in my living room, where which is where I play my console games. I have my Avermedia capture device on top, glowing red here, because it's not ready to capture right now. I went, got it configured, set it up, put up the firmware updates, changed the settings so that it would actually work, tested it. 
I'm recording my entire playthrough. Every time I play, I, I push the button and I record and then I dump it onto the computer. I have at this point over 15 gig of me <laughs> trying to finish Gollum. Now, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do yet, but I will do something for the listeners. Uh, probably on our YouTube channel. I'll put right. something together. Probably kind of like a video review, and there, there will be spoilers, because obviously I'm capturing a lot. At one point, I thought, maybe I should try and clip all of the deaths and montage them, but there are a lot, <laughs> and that's a lot of rewatching. But the game, uh, what they're doing for the game, the game's I thought I'd be done by now. I didn't think I'd be done with the video, but I was hoping I really tried yesterday to finish Golem mm -hmm. so that I could talk about it on the episode. I'm hoping I'll be ready next episode. I looked at my achievement list. There are at least two more chapters that I have to do. Wow. And I just now got through chapter seven. When I got chapter seven, the I was trying to check here on my phone. I didn't see the exact sayings, but I got my there's always a there's like an achievement, Xbox achievement for each chapter. Yeah. Which is typical. But with Xbox, one of the things they changed the last generation is they have rare achievements. Chapter seven was a rare achievement, meaning most uh, not many people are getting this far into the game. <laughs> so, so I'm getting concerned now. Because the rest of the, the achievements for the chapters were common achievements, but it made the special diamond achievement sound. I'm like, oh, no. People are people are giving up. People are not getting through. They're not experiencing the precious in the same way. So, and I understand why for so many reasons why that is true. Well, we thank you for your suffering. It's but it's interesting. Oh, I I have laughed a lot while playing Golem. So it's definitely worth a dollar if you can find it for the dollar. <laughs> Obviously, this was a Christmas present, so it probably cost more than a dollar, but it didn't cost me more than a dollar, and that's the secret. So, anyway, it's. Uh, I'll plan to weigh in. I'll, hopefully, next episode a lot more. As well. Okay, and we'll we can have an in depth discussion about Gollum. But uh, but for the time being, let's go ahead and walk away from Gollum and Lord of the Rings. Even though there is a Lord of the Rings pinball machine, we're not going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about some other stuff. So, starting the pinball segment, though, I want to note we did get an email. And as a reminder, folks, you can write into us at collecticgamerspodcast at gmail .com. Emailing is actually the best way. Uh, to have us have a discussion on something. I do get notifications when there's Facebook messages, but email just works better for us for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is it's very easy to cut and paste it into our OneNote. So anyway, Rhombus wrote in and uh, regarding Little Shop of Horrors, and he, he writes, great theme, but only if Seymour eats the ball. Winky face. So thank you, Rhombus, for writing in. Tony, what are your thoughts about Seymour having to eat the ball? I think that would be very interesting, and that would be a weird model. It'd make more sense for Audrey too to eat the mm -hmm. ball. I think but someone thought Seymour point, was the, the plant. At this point, I kind of want to make a homebrew pinball machine that's just called Ball Eater. And it's just got like five or six different things across it that eats the balls. That's just, 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 mm, mm. there could, there could be the mountain oyster section where it's just like, mm, we're going for the mountain oyster eating record here. Most people just don't like to eat that many balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you Ball work up that. I think you may need to workshop that one a bit, but but, but I'm sure the listeners are fascinated. I mean, I I, 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 I would have to I, I would have to find the right group of people mm -hmm. to do the callouts. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you right now, the the that when you hit the start button to start the game, we need you know just the right voice. I'm talking Ving Rames. I'm, I'm talking a nice, deep, gravelly voice just going, ball eater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining it kind of like the, the centaur voice. <laughs> right. <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, oh. Another email uh, came in to us. Uh, Joe, I, I hope I, I've heard repeatedly how to say Joe's last name correctly. I think it's Chervino. Uh, so I'm going to say it that way, and I do apologize if that is incorrect. But he did email us about the third annual Pinball Degenerate Awards. Uh, we've we've talked about that before, uh, at least prior years we have. I don't think we've talked about this third annual edition, but we will now. Those are going to be broadcast live on the Pinball Degenerates Facebook group. That's going to be on Sunday, February 18th, 12 p.m. That's noon Eastern time. So 
you want to check those out. It's a fun, they do fun type of you know, like right. categories of awards. So anyway, so uh, thank you, Joe, for letting us know about that. And those of you interested, because I think this might be the only awards <laughs> ceremony that's going to have a broadcast this entire yeah, year. I mean, uh, it might. I mean, you know, there may be, uh, there may be other awards I'm not aware of, but uh, FYI, uh, you want to check something out like that uh, to celebrate pinball, you can do so. Um. A couple other items before I get to our main pinball topic, which isn't much of a main one. One is Pulp Fiction, uh, Chicago Gaming Company. They've indicated those are finally being built. It sounds like they're really focusing on the model line that was designed mostly for operators. They had some coin door different right. stuff, if you recall. It's so anyway, those are on the line and purportedly shipping. I don't know how many have gone out. Well, though. it's not quite a year from announcement. I mean, we're no. uh, we're we're. No, but it's we're, not. We're a month shy. Yeah. I mean, it's Chicago gaming, so I don't think anyone's really surprised. Not overly. That said, when Pulp Fiction was revealed and, and shown at TPF, uh, a lot of discussion was, I guess it was revealed a little bit before TPF, but a lot of the discussion was they were shooting for production in Q3 of last year. So obviously right. we are about half a year behind schedule. We're just not surprised because Chicago gaming is never on schedule. Is Very stereotype. True. For better or for worse. Uh, Barrels of Fun, makers of the hit game Labyrinth. Uh, they're finally shipping those toppers out for well, those that's of you good. that care. So there you go. Some people, are, some people are very, they're very topper centric. Mm-hmm. And so our only- Wonder. What do you wonder? Is there somebody out there with a topper collection who doesn't own the machines? I, wow. That- I'd never really thought about that. They just that. have shelving that's just covered in pinball toppers. I, you might recall when we did the went out to the pinball awards when Zach hosted last year, he had at least one topper on a shelf in his pin barn. He might have had more than one. So maybe. So I think this this is probably true. I I definitely know there are people who have bought toppers without having owned the game. Thinking that they may eventually get, get the, the game. game, and they worry that they wouldn't be able to get the topper later, or or want to pay the price of the topper's cost later. So they, this was in particular common with Black Knight's topper. Right. I think I've heard more people say they had the Black Knight topper without having ever owned Black Knight Sword of Rage. It's just a preemptive grab mm-hmm. because it's such a topper. Well, I mean, it was yeah, it was a very impressive topper. They're making it again, or have made it again since. However, the price the first time around was far more approachable. I think they added almost like a thousand dollars to it when oh, they, wow. we ran it again uh the thing is like no one bought that game so i don't whatever um, it's amazing yes i know folks by the way uh, we've sold 30 more toppers yeah. than we did machines fyi tony and i use hyperbole a lot so maybe don't take everything literal um nothing was recently written in saying what no people bought black no- yeah n- yeah no duh wow is that what the 80s is that what proper 80s term duh we know we've played it, so someone had to own it because we didn't go to the Stern factory and play it. Because Stern doesn't invite us to stuff like that because we're we're losers and we don't do the factory tours because because we we're too good for them. <laughs> I ain't going around sweeping your factory floor for you <laughs> with your little booties or whatever you make me wear to keep your electronics safe. F one fifties needed those chips, Stern. And you're swooping in with your toys. <laughs> It reminds me of that one Lonely Island song. (laughs) That's not my dad. That's a cell phone. My dad's not a phone. And then he goes, duh. (laughs) They see it's all all connected. To the ground. To the ground. (laughs) No, I think my favorite thing to the ground was probably the cake. Yeah, the cake was (laughs) the best. Um. I want to end with American pinball for the pinball segment. There's been a lot that's been happening over these last couple of weeks, Tony. We haven't really had a chance to debrief on it. So we're going to kind of go over it now. So basically I'd say maybe right after our last episode, as is often timely, yeah. you know, as is things always work out, not a game announcement this time, but rather rumor mills started to swirl big time that Aimtron, the parent company that owns American pinball, were shopping the American Pinball subsidiary around for buyers to take it off of their hands. Well, that narrative is now, I I will add uh, an an opine of finally being pushed back from American Pinball after they let this rumor fester for days with no comment. 
I want to note that because it started to go like I saw it on Nap Arcade. Actually, I saw it on Facebook and then I saw the piece on Nap Arcade and there was a ton of commentary. There are two American pinball threads that I have been monitoring on Pinside. One is about American pinball and one is about Galactic Tank Force. They both got triple digit posts driven by this sort of. Wow. Just all of this stuff coming out. We talked about it on the pinball show. Uh, some because at this point the rumors were were they were everywhere they were very well established. Um, David Fix, who runs American Pinball, has gone out on. I mean, they he's been on at least I think he's been on Pinball Profile. I've not heard it. Uh, they did a live stream on Twitch, and they started to promote that live stream. It was I guess the first official live stream, and they're planning to do a weekly live stream, which I think is a good promotional. That's a good yeah. idea. So, and again, I've not seen the live stream. Uh, we actually had a Patreon member when I did my baby's first release for February who wrote and said, I thought you'd do a baby's first about, uh, I did one based off of Jaws. Big ah. shock. Uh, but I had someone write in thinking I would do one based off of the American Pinball live stream. I was like, well, I almost never watch live streams uh, at all. But I didn't even <laughs> remember that there was going to be a live stream. So I definitely wasn't going to get to be a baby's first. Plus, I didn't know if there was anything interesting that was, you know, baby's first worthy. You have to be baby's first worthy to get a baby's first. <laughs> baby's first sell-off rumor. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it wouldn't have been hard to do baby's first. But but that was already, that was before the stream. So, but they were talking about how that was like, they were going to address the rumors and had a big, uh, they had talked about a big announcement. So we're going to, we're going to get to, let's go ahead and jump into the big announcement. So, all right. On the live stream, which was January 31st is when they did the live stream, uh, which just as an aside, cause I look <laughs> when I looked it up, why did they stream hot wheels? Why not Galactic Tank Force? Isn't that the one you're trying oh, come to sell? On. Do you really have to ask that question? I they do. Sold the, 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 they streamed the the better, more popular game. Uh, uh, okay. But but why? I don't even know if they're allowed to make any more of them. I don't know. They can still make Houdini's in Oktoberfest. There's no license. And they, they have continued to produce those. I don't know the last time they built Hot Wheels. Uh, now, of all the American pinball games I've played, Hot Wheels is my favorite. Right. But... I would have thought that, and you know, maybe I'm a, I just would have thought, was, why not play the the game that you are still actively producing? I assume the most of. I I just thought it was a weird decision. It could be that it being the first one, they thought they would start with mm. something from the the, the back catalog. Sure, I don't think it's a big deal. I just thought it was an odd choice, a little odd. It would be like if Stern finally announced they were doing weekly streams. And they went ahead and decided to stream Walking Dead. Like, well, but you don't even make it anymore. So uh, that would, that's uh, how I interpret it. Maybe I can see that. Maybe that's a little unfair. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Walking Dead's a great game, though. It is. But if you're not making it anymore, why not stream something that you still produce? Like, I would have. And again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they can still. Maybe they are still producing Hot Wheels. But I would have thought it would have made more sense to stream Houdini than Hot Wheels. But GTF, I would have. Definitely. I mean, people are would I it feels weird to say people are usually most excited for the newest game. But again, much like Pulp Fiction, we are talking about a game that is almost a year old at this point. So True. I suppose it doesn't really. I maybe I maybe I'm I'm bringing up something that no one else cares about, <clears throat> which is fine. I just was noting it as an aside. It was odd. Here are their big announcements. Now, in my opinion, neither of these announcements are big, but that's all a matter of perspective. So one is they hired a couple of new techs. One's name is Maurice, uh, and one's name is Lloyd. If I wrote things down correctly, again, I, I read this. I didn't. I didn't watch the stream. Now, maybe they're both well-known techs. Lloyd definitely is. I believe he's LTG on Pinside. He used to be, I believe, tech support with JJP. He does a lot of tech support stuff on Pinside. Very popular. Um, so, so a great tech. I'm going to assume both are great techs. I'm just not sure it's big news given how few American pinball games are out there. True. I wonder if that's not more in the lines of them um, trying to lay down that, hey, look, the the sales rumors aren't true. We're hiring staff type. Maybe. Because um, how, how, how would it feel, though, to be a newly hired staff member, especially if you're somebody who's been, you know, adjacent to the hobby uh, and, and, and you're getting to do, like, actually have, what was your hobby become your job? And the first thing you hear is <laughs> the company's being sold. Mm. That's got to be scary. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Th- that being said, uh, I I do want to, I don't have enough detail. I don't know if these are 
1099 contractor part-time or if they're actually brought in like w-2 employees right i don't think they're being relocated the way lloyd lloyd did some posts on pinside in one of the ap threads and the way it sounded is wherever he is is where he is you know he'll plan to get some american pinball games so he can more directly understand how they work and troubleshoot from from having physical models and things like that which is how he's approached it with other companies before so uh, that being said, I will note, this is probably a bigger deal for those that have the games. I guess, again, this is from the threads on Penside. A lot of the discussion has been um, about that trying to contact AP for tech support has been an er- uh, has been an area of frustration. So I do think this is trying to solve something that the community has complained about. So there's that. I just, I don't, again, I just don't ever get excited about, t- like, I'm trying to... How often have I called tech support, though? I I did it once when I could not get a code update to Walking Dead, and it turned out a pin was bent on a chip, and the tech support guy at Stern was actually like, pull this, pull the chip. I bet you there's a leg bent on it, and he was right. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's the only time I ever called tech support. Um, the Another thing, though, this was probably what I assume – David Fix meant or whoever did their announcement, put their announcement together regarding what the big announcement was. They've developed their own board set. That is what I think they think is the big announcement. I can see where that would be a big announcement. It is. And the thing, the thing that always confused me was your parent company is Aimtron, which makes circuit boards. Why did you ever use a third party? That board? is very Always. true. And they've been talking about that. Like David, I remember hearing on a podcast years ago, David Fix talking about how they did plan to move away from using the multi. They've been using Multimorphics P-Rock and they have been much like many manufacturers. Actually, I don't know any manufacturers who are still using P-Rock once they shift. Haggis did it for Kelts and then they shifted to fast for uh, Fathom and they're, and they're using fast for the rest of the remakes. I think they have to under the agreement with Planetary Pinball. And then Spooky, you recall, they switched to P-Rock with uh, TNA. And they used that for a few games. But then they made another board set for uh, Halloween. And then they did a different boards. I think They've changed boards like four times. Right. And like they've all been in-house except for the P-Rock one, which they did for a few games. So I don't know. Outside of multi, where where the multimorphic is not third party, it's first party. So outside of the P3, I don't know any any notable manufacturer at this point with this transition. Uh, but what I thought was interesting is they did stress that their new board set is for their other games backwards compatible. So they'll be able to use their new. So they won't have to keep stock on P rocks. They can right their new set supposed to run Houdini. So that's well, that, kind of I mean that's good for them. Uh, not so good for multimorphic. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I just don't know how much of a how many games is NAP yeah. selling though. Is the thing is it really? But then, and also, I mean, how many how many multimorphic board sets get sold to do it yourselfers? I mean, they were at one point, and this was all perception because I'm not a home brewer. I haven't made a eat ball game or anything. There was a time where, to me, it felt like multimorphic was the go to for homebrew. Like it was the board set that most of the projects were using. That might still be true. I just, I don't really follow the homebrew scene. I never did. But right. Back when I heard people talk about projects, when I would notice they would usually say they were using multimorphic boards. On occasion, I'd see people saying they were using fast. But it seemed very lopsided in favor of the multimorphic board set. I don't. I have no context if it's any different or not. Here's here's one of the here's one of the things though. Like if people were doing like kits, like the 2.0 kits and stuff, it started to because there was one, there was a I don't want to call it a controversy because I honestly most people uh, I don't think care. <laughs> but there was someone who developed like a kit thing and was using the P-Rock sets or P3 Rock or whichever iterate probably P3 Rock. Um and then they ended up later converting it to fast. But that one went commercial. And I think the deal is if you're doing a like a 2.0 kit, you're doing anything with a Bally Williams license, you got to get the license from Planetary. And my understanding is Planetary says you will use Fast because they have a deal with Fast. Right. Is my assumption. So I guess anyone who's doing a project that's using one of the old 
uh, pinball licenses from that era, you know, Bally Williams licenses specifically, if they're thinking they might sell it, they won't use multimorphic set at this point simply because the licensing agreement, they know I got to go in with fast. So that might be pushing some people that are doing those style, but that was more like kits and stuff. Right. Not, I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone who's like homebrewed a Funhouse 3.0 who like just made a whole new thought that I want to use that theme so bad. And, and then so done, like, yeah. I don't know anyone's done that. So anyway, an, an interesting aside, but, uh, incidentally, we do have a link in the show notes to the Nap Arcade article that sum- summarizes the key points from the stream. So that's there. I wanted to throw on some additional stuff I read this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so regarding that, uh, I believe this is the interview, and I've noted I have not heard it. This is from Pinside. The discussion David Fix went on Pinball Profile with Jeff Tielis. And I guess there sort of discussed the... A little bit more because the live stream didn't really talk much as my understanding about the rumor of them being for sale other than I dismissing it basically is my understanding. Well, from what I read, the pinball profile interview, Dave Fix says, well, like sometime last year, they were looking for uh, an ad- additional investors so they could expand like what American pinball's production capabilities were. So that's what he noted, not that they were trying to sell it off. Okay, so there that that is a that is a difference. However, if that's the case, for Aimtron to not have one hundred percent of the ownership, either they don't have here. Here's where I'm at with it: either they don't have the funding for it, or they're not comfortable with any expansion and them footing the entire bill under the existing. Like you're still bringing in outside buyers right. to buy a portion of your company in order to execute on this expansion and if they didn't do it i guess they can't expand and that they didn't expand because it didn't my understanding is they didn't bring in the additional investment right so it's still and maybe this is a little loaded i don't i think sometimes some people will hear when we say things you know criticisms or concerns or what negatives about companies like we don't like the companies i I am indifferent to American pinball. American pinball employs people. I really like in pinball Mm -hmm. like Steve Bowden. So I don't want American pinball to fail, but I'm, I'm relatively neutral to it as a company in terms of what, what happens with it is what happens with it. I neither root for its success nor its failure. I just, I just observe it. That's all I, that's how it is because I believe that the market will always ensure if there's demand for pinball, the market will ensure there will be pinball for us to buy. So that's why I don't get worked up over particular companies making it or not that it will get sorted out. I think there are some very talented people at American pinball. Another one um, uh, we've talked about goes by the handle ferret on uh pen side. He is a coder with them. He was, I thought the shining example of what highway had with alien pinball, the rural set of alien pinball. Uh-huh. I didn't like alien pinballs layout. I still don't, <laughs> but uh, but I thought the rules were very clever, and they brought him in at American Pinball, and of course Dennis Nordman at American Pinball, and uh, I think he's got a lot of uh, fun things that he tends to like to do. So anyway, I just wanted to note that again. We haven't, I haven't seen us get any specific criticism, but sometimes I feel like when we mostly are bringing up negatives about something, people might think, "Oh yeah, you hate them" or something. I'm like, no, that's not. I don't. It's a. It's a. It's a machine. A company is like a machine to me. I don't, I neither, I neither hate it any more than I could hate a washing machine. It just is. Does that make sense? I mean, you're like, "Eh, it doesn't wash my clothes. So no, Dennis, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. That washing machine killed my family. I mean, if it gets all like Stephen King, yeah, we might, (laughs) we might have, we might have to shift all this, but all right. So all that as a, as a caveat, the need for investors, because are they, it sounds like a position of weakness to me, nonetheless, it, it, unless they're like, oh, well, we really want to grow. But even then, but you're not willing to put your own resources anymore into the growth. You're like, let's just find some outside well, money to take the risk. Well, and it might not even be that they don't want to put it there their resources in it might just be that they want to hedge their bet and only put some resources in and to get some outside funding to assist sure i mean i mean it's not like the expansion they could have not been looking to fund 100 percent of the expansion with outside funding they could have been looking to you know 
just get some outside funding for a quarter or a third just to give a little bit of backstop and a little bit of protections. Sure. Now there there are some other there are some other instances on it. I just think to me, unless Aimtron is is facing issues with, say, its total amount of cash that it just cannot do what it used to do, it doesn't if they if if they had the money, if Aimtron had the money, and I'm gonna go and I'm just assuming, and I could be wrong, obviously, that they have the money. If they're not willing to take all of the risk themselves, it to me it feels like at this point, and I would not blame them for this that they do not have confidence that American Pinball is worth the additional investment. So let another investor take the risk if they think they see the potential. It would have been a stronger vote of confidence for Aimtron to say, we believe in you. Here's the additional money. Expand. You can do it. You just, you you can do it. You can do it. Yes, but I just, so. Eat that ball. Anyway, don't know. But But that's what purportedly is where people were thinking, oh, they're trying to sell it. No, it was actually this old news about an attempt to get some outside investors, which is different. It is notably that different. That is. Um, another thing that apparently sounds like was discussed on Pinball Profile was David Fix went into a long, and it's not the first time I believe he's done this. I've heard this on some other podcasts that I have listened to, uh, was going into sort of the laundry list of why all the issues that they face if trying to secure licenses. Let me drop my pin here. Hopefully the mic will pick it up. Okay. American Pinball. <clears throat> this is Dennis here. I do this on uh pinball show sometimes. Sometimes I, I have to talk to the companies directly. I don't expect any of anyone with them to listen, but I have to pretend. This is Dennis here. The decision to not get licenses is wrong. It is wrong. And allow me to further elaborate. When you do not get licenses, when you go out publicly and you make excuses for not getting licenses, it is very different. I should say, excuse me, difficult. It is very difficult for those of us who are not manufacturing experts, who do not work in the industry, who are mere hobbyists, like Tony and myself, mere hobbyists, who sit and look and see behemoths like Stern Pinball, sizable players like Jersey Jack Pinball, up and coming who started small and have gotten much bigger companies like Spooky Pinball, and even companies that largely face a lot of ridicule for all of their decisions like Home Pin, who all somehow are able to get licenses, yet you mule about how hard it is. It doesn't make any sense to those of us on the outside. If it was so hard, why is every other company doing it? I don't understand. I do understand that it is more challenging to work with a licensor than it is to not have to deal with one. We have heard that repeatedly, for especially like stern people will tell you this from those who were in the industry a long time. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, with original themes, you know, we could do whatever we wanted. And now we have to get things squared away with licensors. Some licensors are really flexible with us, like uh, I believe Deadpool went pretty flexible with a comic. They were given a lot of of leeway. We know with Jersey Jack Pinball, uh, there was a lot because Slash was so supportive. Guns and Roses, a yeah. lot of flexibility. And then there are others where I think you just look at like what happened with James Bond and you're like, no, the licensors just put their boot on your throat on this, didn't they? <laughs> because everything about it feels like you had to compromise from anything that was actually be good for pinball to make it kind of the stereotype of James Bond, starting with the art. So... Again, here's American Pinball with one licensed theme, which predates David Fix, I might add. Hot Wheels predates him. Right. So I'm not even clear if he's ever worked with a licensor. Maybe he has. Maybe he hasn't. It's, maybe it's, they've it's, tried. And, and again, I haven't heard the issues. interview. Uh, I mean, obviously, maybe they had issues with Hot Wheels, but you would think that one. I mean, oh, no, you've ruined the world of Hot Wheels. No, uh, no, no, it's Hot Wheels. Come on, guys. Let's be realistic. I just, I, I'd like your thoughts, Tony, but I, I just... To me, I cannot square it. Spooky Pinball has been doing licenses since their second game when they were, I mean, real small, where they were like planning to build 300 units. Right. No, I, I think you're exactly right. We have seen time and time again that while there is a very vocal minority in this hobby, which, as always, you have to remember, I mean, it's a small hobby. So a vocal minority in a small hobby is a very small number indeed who demand 
original themes and they want more original themes, but when companies put out original themes, you know what they don't do? Sell machines. That's, that's just what happens. Yeah. I Every agree. time you see an original machine, it's the lowest selling machine they've got. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you're right. I mean, obviously we don't see the published numbers on things, but that's always the reports you go on. You have proxies for this stuff. We can look at how many people have added a game to their collection on pin side. Yeah. And you'll see like dialed in is underneath the other JJP games. You'll right. see. And I think the big thing is, is licenses are appealing in multiple directions in multiple ways to people. It doesn't just have to be a good game. Cause you know what? If it's a licensed game and it's okay, but not great. And you have uh good art and the machine looks good. People want it in their game room because when that game is in what is in all honesty, it's normal state turned off. It still looks good sitting in there. Mm-hmm. That's something that people will recognize when they walk in the room. Right. Be like, oh, cool. You're a Venom fan? Right. I mean, who goes in, in and says, oh, cool. You're a Galactic Tank Force fan? Right. I mean, and that's just how it is. I mean, it, it, it makes sense to me. And I think that even if they don't want to go all in on licenses, they probably need to do a license every now and then just to make money. I, I'm not, you know, what it's just in my hobbyist view, it is not the right decision. I don't, and on, and they should be going all in on licenses uh, every time, every time we see people not like, what's the biggest success you ever hear about in the modern era with original themes? It's total nuclear annihilation, 550 units. Is that, I mean, maybe for American pinball, that's a hit, but that, yeah, it was for spooky at the time. Like they were proud of the 500 and then they did another run later. That game though had a different trajectory than everything else. Setting aside that it was very good, which is a key thing that you would mm-hmm. need. That started as a Whitewood that toured shows. So there were hardcore hobbyists that had played it like us, like us and liked it. And then when it ended up getting built, you had this audience that had consumed it. That almost never happens with pinball anymore. And you can hope for it. You can say, all right, well, we'll get Galactic Tank Force out and we'll take it to Texas. But remember what happened at Texas. We were trying to play it like the sound balance fell off. Like Some of the sound effects were grating and annoying. They had the the target bank issue. So a lot of people walked away going, all this does is airball the ball back at me over my flippers. And just a few other things that the show environment wasn't the best setting for. And that's true for any machine. But Scooby-Doo had Scooby-Doo on it. So even if Scooby-Doo was my least favorite game at Texas, not Galactic Tank Force, but Scooby-Doo, like if I was just going off of a some, wanting something in my room for the art, Scooby-Doo had my favorite art of last year. It yeah. was like, it was a really good looking game. And Galactic Tank Force is a good looking game too. Really good art package. But the but it means nothing to me. Like the 50s sci-fi people on it like people would look at it and just be like what's that right and i don't buy games to impress i'm just saying that there's no unless i loved the game all the rest of it's just not enough i just buy i just buy a translate if i wanted franchi's art i just that's what i do i wouldn't buy the whole game i mean if the game's not especially with game prices anymore yeah and that's where i mean we could get into a whole discussion about uh, like where things are doing, like how, like how's even Looney Tunes selling versus Scooby Doo now that things are different. But, but we're not going to do that uh, because I don't have enough context for it. We're going to go to video games instead. We will transition. All right. So I've now jumped over in my one note to the video games. We had a couple emails. Um, I'll start with one here before yep. we get into some of your news. And that is from Michael M who emailed us. Thank you, Michael. Michael wrote to us about our discussion about awesome ga- games done quick, specifically the dog that played that uh, Rob the Robot game. What game did the dog play? It was a gyro something or okay. another. I don't know. It was terrible. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> you might, you probably recall, Tony, that uh, we weren't. We weren't particularly keen on the dog. I think I actually kind of kicked the dog. Figured it. I did not litter up PETA. I did not literally kick the dog. dog. He was not a good boy is what I said. I remember that. That's what I said. Um, And 
So Michael wrote to us and he wrote, you are so right. The dog was horrendous. The, and the worst part is everyone acting like it was so great. I had low expectations to begin with, but I was expecting the dog to actually interact with the game in some way. All it did was follow commands poorly. Right. And I will say. <laughs> thank you, Michael, by the way. Yes, thank you very much. I, w- I-, I will say I have uh, been reading some more stuff, and it's really bad when people are saying, well, I thought it was really good because it was a Sheba, and they don't train well. <laughs> When that's the level of praise you're dropping down to, it's like, I know it wasn't great, but understand that dog doesn't train very well. It's not a great dog <sighs> for training. I mean, let's let's be honest. A Chihuahua doing that would have been hilarious in its own I way. Mean, I guess in that regard, what's what's the and I know this is so many. I always when they when they call it what's the like what's the dumbest dog and. When you look at the definition, they do it by by trainability, and it's like the Afghan hound, right? So, like, they should have had an Afghan hound then. People like Shebas because they're cute. You know, the, if the the right answer would have been a corgi, so that it could mm. have its fat little butt waddling yes, all over as a corgi it would, back and, and forth, probably and people, have been more trainable. Here's the thing: if you needed the you wanted the Sheba, you need to get the guy that does all the Instagram and YouTubes with Ky- Kylo the Doji, the Doge. You've seen Kylo the Doge? No, I've It shows up on my, because I watch him, because Kylo's cute little dog. All right. You'll know it if you've ever seen it before. This is the one where the guy looks at the dog and he goes, oh, it looks like you're hungry for a knuckle sandwich. (laughs) And then when he swings his fist at the dog, the dog goes. (laughs) So here's what you do. Yes, that's what he does. And he's had to put out videos going. He doesn't actually punch the dog. The dog just whines on command when the fist comes at him. Um, Here's what you do. You take him. With Kylo, Kylo's sitting there on the on the couch where they do all the the prizes, and they're like, "Here's our goal: we need to raise a hundred thousand dollars." And until I do, I'm punching this dog, <laughs> and he's gonna whine and whine and whine and try and stop me with his put his paw up and try and stop me, and I'll be like, "No, now you get two knuckle sandwiches until we raise enough money there." And that's how you raise money. Don't have him play a video game. And then the the the. His Everyone's video game all like, is survival. You dog, you don't have to put up with this dog, and the dog is all like, "But I love him." <laughs> <laughs> that one's weird. I mean, he has that dog. That one has some training. Like the dog, like if it's if he puts him on on the leash in certain ways, he won't go downstairs. Like you have the dog wants to be told to go down the stairs, otherwise he pulls back and refuses to go downstairs. If you try and walk him down the stairs, yeah. I don't. I saw a video the Make other that, day, yeah, completely yeah. off topic, but I saw a video the other day with someone who had trained their dog so that all of the commands it responded to were spells from Harry Potter. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so yes, the dog was terrible. He was a bad boy. I'm standing by that, and they should never have him back on again. Worst part was when I saw on the on the stream where the guy said I've been training him for a year. <laughs> it was like my my response was clearly not very hard. <laughs> I mean, come on, you hold a treat over a button, my dog will stand on it too. The two buttons. I have other things where I see huskies like doing five or six, mm-hmm, cussing you out. Yeah, and then they whine the whole time because it's huskies, a husky. They have to sing the song of their people. <laughs> All right, so what's going on in in news? Uh no big surprise here. Nintendo had announced it was coming, but they're uh, shutting down the online play services for the 3DS and the Wii U uh, on the 8th of April. Mm. So no more online play. The only, there is an exception. What? What? You're not going to be surprised when I tell you the exception. Oh, okay. They are continuing the services uh, for the Pokemon Bank and the Poke Transporter. So Pokemon related stuff okay. is still. Mm. Okay. I guess it's still for popular. Now. For now. Uh, but they might delete it later. Comes for them. <laughs> Until it does. Oh, man. I've got a thing in here. Okay. Okay. Power, Power, Power World <laughs> has gone huge. It is uh, uh, 19 million players now. Mm. Uh, now that it's on Xbox as well as PC, mm. and it's uh, on Xbox, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, so it's. Like, I read. It, it, I read someone say this is one of the smartest things Microsoft has done so far has yeah. been to get Power World on Game Pass. Yeah, it's like one of the highest level Game Pass releases ever. I think there's only one game higher than it. 
Uh, so yeah, no, Power World has been very popular and somehow not sued by Pokemon yet. I think things, maybe they've danced the line and think because, mm-hmm. because Pokemon has reached out on Power World, uh, specifically to hit modders because there's modders who've put out, com- uh, uh, art changes to be straight up Pokemon. They've sent out cease and desist and stuff on those guys, but not on Power World itself. So, uh, maybe they've danced that line pretty fine, but it's, it's pretty close. There's, uh, reports that the, some of their development staff are starting to get death threats from Pokemon fans because they're too close to Pokemon. And that's people's answer to everything. Yep. There's a lot of rage, it seems that. I think there's just a lot of anger. This is me my, with my non-psychology background. This is, I think there's just a lot of anger that Pokemon never did this. this and people are like, well, you've done the like, same dang game type forever instead of giving us what we really want, open world Pokemon. And that's things where they fight with guns. This is exactly the kind of thing people have been asking for for Pokemon for a decade. Mm-hmm. And this company just finally went, went, went it's like, well, if they're not going to do it, we'll do it ourselves with guns and slavery. Yes, yes. <laughs> since, since in Power World, you can apparently capture humans inside your pal balls mm, yep, I was and told turn that. them into yep. slaves. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a dark, there is a dark side to it, but uh, I have not played it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did watch some people play it. I'm like, okay, it's a survival. It looks, it does look like a Pokemon. It reminds me of like Pokemon but, meets Rust. Yeah, that's what it reminds me. That, that, that is kind of the feel I get for it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it keeps going and if it manages to dodge the, the lawsuit happy Nintendo. Uh, Overwatch uh, has announced. Uh, their new competitive play plans with the death of the Overwatch League. Uh, they have a partnership with ESL Faceit Group, uh, which is an esports company owned by Saudi Arabia's Savvy Games Group, which is part of their public investment. Mm, we've talked uh, about that yes, several times. Fund. So they are tripling down on reaching out in the game sphere. Uh, it's going to be known as the Overwatch Champion Series. And it's going to be an international competitive tournament at, with broken up regions of like North America, Europe, Middle East, North Africa, and Asia. Mm. And so it sounds like it, there'll be a series of regional tournaments that'll build down to an eventual champion, international championship show. Uh, I included a link in the show notes for people who are interested in going deeper into that. Yeah. I'd only heard a little, I haven't really read up on it too much. I, um, I mostly at this point for you know making room with other games and stuff. I pretty much play Overwatch a w- once a week to do Mystery Heroes. It's kind of what I've been doing yeah. lately because they've been they're still pushing out their updates and stuff, but they haven't had a new character in a while and all that. Though I did read that uh, 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 Blizzard eliminated almost all of the esports staff at this point. Mister X, you might remember him mm-hmm. casting with Uber. He he was eliminated. Zoe was eliminated. Um, I think they kept eight people, and I don't know what eight they were. If any of them were on screen talent, they're probably they're, admin. I'd people. assume they're all yeah behind the scenes yeah. to keep this thing going. That would make sense. So, I uh, speaking of how you have reduced your amount of Overwatch play, uh, I had actually meant to mention this in my intro and, and got sidetracked talking about the cold. Uh, I I've talked multiple times about how. Just how much BattleTech I played last year. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. I uh, and you made excuses about how like some of that's you walking away and it's still running. So I, don't I judge know, me. But it's still sixteen hundred hours yes. of BattleTech. To be fair, that wasn't last year. That's just total. Yeah, in that's the a, yeah. Lifetime I mean, it is lifetime. So that but makes it, it totally sane and normal. Absolute highest amount of gameplay of any game I played last year. Um, I'm just about complete with my current modded playthrough, and. I have set a plan for myself. Once I complete this modded playthrough that I'm playing right now, I am going to delete the game and I'm not going to allow myself to reinstall it until at least the middle of summer. Just okay. to force myself to play other <laughs> games. Because I'm just in the third act of Baldur's Gate and I've not touched it because I've been playing Battletech. Mm. I have a problem, so I'm, yeah. I'm deleting it. I want to finish the playthrough I'm on, and then I'm going to delete okay. it, and I'll reinstall it later, but okay. I'm going to take a break. Okay. So, uh, 
Twitch, who we mm. talk about often. We do. Um, has decided to expand their Partner Plus program, which we mentioned last year, which was a very restrictive program right. that gave uh, increased the shares with their streamers to 70% that fell within certain very tight rules. And I think when you mentioned that, it was the rules though were so tight that basically the belief was almost everyone was in that grouping would have had a custom agreement anyway. Most of Twitch. them, yeah. Uh, but now... Uh, they are expanding that, making it easier uh, to be part of, and they're allowing people who are uh, do have agreements to partake of it as well. Uh, so it will be a trial by them. Uh, he's uh, the CEO, Dan Clancy, specifically said Twitch's long term success depends upon our ability to help these creators sustain their careers over time. At the same time, since our creators depend upon Twitch, we need to ensure that our revenue share structure is designed so that we can sustain the business and Twitch will be here 50 years from now. This is like the fifth time in the last month or two that he's mentioned Twitch still being here in 50 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I should be. I I worry about their long-term financial viability, but I, I do like that they're actually being... I guess relatively transparent about the struggles. So many places hide it, and I just I don't understand why. In fact, we could maybe bring that up with talking about the pinball section earlier. Um, Whereas I think with this, it I guess maybe some people worry that it shows weakness, but I think it's 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 realistic, and especially when you're relying on so many partners, right? For them not to understand what you're facing, and they might not still like understand. Well, why are you not making money? But at least if they understand that, well, all right, look, this is the reality that we face, right? Because they just laid 500 people off. They yes. just left Korea. Yep. Um, now they did have a rough hit recently as well. Pokimane. Uh, which is one of the highest profile female streamers. Soon to be renamed to Pally Main. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just like, you know, gotta, can't take advantage of this opportunity. <laughs> but uh, uh, her contract is over and she did not re-up her contract and she's mm. actively leaving Twitch. Okay. Um, she, she said she might still do a stream now and then, uh, but she's already started streaming on YouTube gaming uh, and she has moved into other uh, you know, TikTok, Instagram, other social venues, uh, as an expanse. And she said part of it is that she feels Twitch has regressed with a major rise of bigotry and anti-women rhetoric. Uh, I actually adjusted it. She said it much harsher than that. Uh, but we don't like to drop those kind of language right. on, on our show. So, uh, and Kotaku. Wow, we have not talked about Kotaku. In a long no, time. well, and here's what I'm talking. The, the interesting thing here with Kotaku is uh, the layoffs have gotten so bad that they actually have a living ticker that continuously tracks the layoffs in the video game industry. Uh, and for the first 31 days of 2024, the video game layoffs have been in excess of 6,100 positions 1900 of which came from microsoft yep redundancy elimination they own activision yep and that's what it was and they what is what i found interesting in their redundancy eliminations is that a large part of it the reports are coming out is that they cut uh several of the departments dedicated to bringing xbox games xbox games to physical media mm-hmm. so uh that just is another i'm guessing it's because digital sales are yeah i'm guessing what that they, the they're not selling is. a lot of physical anymore and so it's probably cheaper for them to third party the physical stuff than to do it in house at this point uh which would make sense to me um they also uh lost mike yabara and alan adam from blizzard uh mike yabara was blizzard's president and the chief design officer was alan um and they canceled uh, the previously announced Odyssey survival game from Blizzard. That game has been in development for six yeah, years. I didn't remember the announcement, though. When I mentioned that, I was like, I can't remember that game. Yeah, it's one of those things that they've just been doing background work I don't on. think they're going to see the same fallout that uh, when Scalebound got canceled. Right. Oh, they no, still hear about Scalebound. Still, yeah. This game, I think they kept under wraps enough. There wasn't enough of it seen. 
that I don't mm-hmm. think it it's going to hurt them very bad. Uh, and I have a whole giant list of people who did layoffs, but I'm not. It's not worth talking about. There's just so many of them. It's just it's crazy, uh, but not wholly unexpected. Uh, they did announce that Yabara's position has been replaced by uh, uh, Jonah Ferris, who was been the general manager for the Call of Duty franchise for. Blizzard, so, or for activists. So Blizzard. Diablo Four might get a zombie mode. Diablo Four zombie mode. It's coming up. It's coming soon. It's coming next next yeah. ne- ne- next season. Maybe then you'll let me have the game. <laughs> I'm not stopping you from having you the game. Basically, I'm being stopped, a friend. Basically, stopped me. I'm being a. I took it off of my a, wish list because I, he stopped me from I, getting it. No one got I, it for me, and I, so he's like, "I'm not letting you have this." I I I, I am. I think there was even someone in our Discord who said, "Good jobs for stopping him." Don't yeah, don't let him I, have I, it. I, I am. This is like I'm trying to stop you from drunk dialing your ex. Trust me, it's better in the long run. <laughs> uh, one interesting thing of note: um, Spec Ops: The Line. Oh, uh, okay. I played that. An older game, very good game. Uh, it's been deli- being delisted from everywhere. Uh, because 2K games, uh, the licenses are expiring for some of the stuff in that game. So they're delisting it everywhere. So you can't buy it anymore. Uh, so if you haven't played that game, I'm sorry, because that game was actually really good. Uh, and the last big thing we had, uh, Sony PlayStation State of Play. Yes. Had a lot of very interesting things in it. I'm not going to touch all of them because there's way too many. But, um, Helldivers 2 is out in like four days, uh, and they released some more video of that. That game looks like Helldivers, so it looks fun. Stellar Blade is an interesting little action-adventure game they put out that looks very much like it really badly wants to be a Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> that, the feel I got is it wants to be Horizon Zero Dawn with guns. It's like a mix of... Um, Near Automata and, and Horizon Zero John. That's the feel I got from it. Okay. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, the Near franchise and Horizon franchise are both great games. So we'll see how that goes. There's Sonic X Shadows yep. coming. That's, that's, that's the first thing I heard about. Yes. Because Sonic yeah. people are going insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a Sonic person. Uh, Silent Hill 2 is getting a remake. Makes sense. It's maybe the most popular one. That's the one I would re- remake if I was going to remake them. They also released like a short little like Silent Hill uh, secret message or something like that. Some short little thing that was released at when they made the announcement. It was out for you to download and play. Um, Kevin Levain, the creator of Bioshock, is creating uh, has a new game coming out, and it's called Bioshock. It's not. <laughs> it might as well be. Though. It, it might as well. Be. It's called Judas, but. It's Bioshock. Hmm. Every single thing. The art looks like Bioshock. Everything about that game looked like it's just Bioshock with spiritual successor. Yes, very much so. Um, (laughs) Rise of the Ronin. It is literally, from what I've seen, the love child of Sekiro and Assassin's Creed. Because that's exactly what that trailer looked like. So... And what most people are probably excited about, Mm-mm. Kojima's Death Stranding 2. It's weird. It's too it's, weird. It's it's a Kojima game. Of it's course weird. it's weird. Tired of him being weird. But it's, Oh, but it, they, they announced the title this time. It's On the Beach. <laughs> <sighs> Death Stranding 2. Ball eater. <laughs> <laughs> but there was no announcement. About Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because that's coming on the 6th, and it sounds like it'll be including a demo that's enormous amount of disk space required. So uh, for those people who've been waiting for more Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake stuff, I'm sorry, Rebirth stuff, it'll be here probably by the time you listen to this, because they said the 6th, and this is the 4th, so. But, I mean, that's all of the big news. I skipped a couple things in there. Yeah, just some of the like layoff stuff and all that. But uh, we did have another email, which we can end on, uh, from Derek K. Thank you, Derek, uh, preemptively for writing him. He actually wrote in about uh, 
the new Suicide Squad game and kind of how it was doing a thing similar to Kong Skull Island did, which I have not played. But uh, so here's what uh, Derek wrote. <clears throat> so I'm watching all the cutscenes in the new Suicide Squad game because I'm not paying for it. And then he included <laughs> a link, which uh, to I assume that the cutscenes uh, on YouTube. And he, he continues. I noticed near the start of the game, they have this storyboard sequence like in Kong Skull Island. Are video game developers under so much crunch that they don't have time to create animated sequences? It's becoming a trend for these storyboard sequence cutscenes in games. Also, they didn't even refund the collector pre-order folks $20, but rather gave them $20 in game currency. Yeah. Um, I, You know, I don't know if it's a, a trend per se, but I think... I've seen it definitely before where you can kind of tell if they're on a constrained budget. Maybe it's time, but I often suspect constrained budget when I see that. I I want to think it was maybe, was it Soul Calibur Five where they just like did these sketch endings of stuff? Yeah. Like they didn't even do in-game uh, cut scenes, much less an animated thing. It's just sort of like, wow, this is really low rent. Uh, it could be a time thing, but a lot of times I, I've wondered if it's more of a, the overall budget's constrained and they're like, okay, well something else ran over or well or what but I don't with know. the suicide squad game everything ran over mm. i i really feel like that game was forced out because they were getting to the point i mean they were getting to the 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 like point of black flag at this point mm. where or, or skull and bones, yeah, skull and bones. Skull and bones. Pre- on my xbox dashboard it says you can pre-order skull and bones now. yeah the, where it's just you know becoming a joke that mm. that game is delayed again uh that would be my guess is that they were, I mean, it could be that we're getting a trend where people are doing it because, like, oh, that game was popular and it did it. But, I mean, that's just like we went through that trend for a while with all of the 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 pixel games. And, yeah, I remember. You were not a fan of the I pixel art era. I was not a era. fan of the pixel art era. But it's like, oh, we've got this giant game that requires, here's the requirements from it, but the art's pixel art. <laughs> Why? Uh so it, it, it's possible that it could be an ongoing trend. Uh, but I think like Dennis, I think it's literally just that they're like, we have to get this out and there's stuff not done. Also. Yes. They, 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 once again, people who've pre-ordered something got screwed. Yeah. That's star- I think that's a trend. That's that is very a definite powerful. trend. I really don't see the point in pre-ordering. No, uh, I've done it in the past. Mm, I uh, have too. I've kickstarted stuff. I mean, I've not been quiet about it, and I've regretted chunks of it. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, well, that's it. So, uh, thank you for all those emails. That was nice to be able to go through. We we scattered them out like like salt out of a spreader uh, across the episode. And <laughs> if you want to reach out to us again, you can email us at gamerspodcast at gmail You can also communicate with us at facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. If you want to financially support the show, you can at patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers. We're at uh, Twitch and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with all the latest hit news and exciting layoffs that you can handle. But until then, my name is Dennis. Ball leader. Bye. Bye. <laughs>